dare I say, do you promote him to volunteer associate coach now? Not volunteer <laughs> assistant, volunteer associate? I tell you what, volunteer, that, that whole title is just a joke. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Welcome back, Crack fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We've got a special edition of the show for all of you listeners today. Consider it an extended, more in-depth from the presser segment as Chris Helioris and I had the incredible opportunity to sit down with Tennessee men's tennis associate head coach James McKay following he and his team's dramatic, thrilling 4-3 victory over Florida, Florida, Florida in, Florida in the in the SEC championship match. We had to co- talk to Coach McKay about the drama that went down, all of the nonsense that happened on on court for his team's ability to recover from that moment, in particular Martin Prada, for him to be able to see his team rush the court, put that aside, refocus on his match, and then deliver the 4-3 clinch. We talk about that moment. We talk about how important that doubles point was for Tennessee in earning that victory over Florida. And then, of course, we want to talk to Coach McKay about where he and his program go from here. He and head coach, Coach Chris Woodruff, who we were fortunate enough to have on the podcast last summer, have done so such a good job of taking Tennessee back to where they belong in the men's college tennis landscape. And you look at this Tennessee team now, only three losses on the season. You know, they played North Carolina so close. They avenged their loss to Florida from earlier in the year. And then, of course, everyone gets one. And I suppose that at Arkansas match was their one. But this is an exciting team. It's not a stretch to say they are absolutely national championship contenders. And so, of course, to learn more about them, to hear what Coach Rudriff, Coach McKay are doing to prepare the volunteers for postseason play. It's exactly the sort of content we want to be able to provide to all of you listeners. So again, Chris Halioris joining me on today's interview of Tennessee Associate Head Coach James McKay. Very excited to share this conversation with all of you listeners. Of course, the reason we're able to do this day in, day out here on the Cracked Interviews podcast is because of the support we get from all of you listeners, from our Patreon family, and of course, from our friends at Midwest Sports. You guys know the deal. Go to MidwestSports.com, use that promo code CR15 to get 15% off your order, free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. You use that promo code CR15. You'll also let them know we sent you there, which is greatly appreciated on our end. So if you need any new gear, you can find the best equipment at the best prices by going to Midwest sports.com and using that promo code CR15. With that in mind, let's get to our conversation with SEC championship winning associate head coach James McKay. Joining us on today's emergency podcast, you may know him as a former standout Drake Bulldog, the associate head coach of the SEC tournament winning Tennessee Volunteers. It's Coach James McKay. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Congratulations on the title. How are you feeling today? Um, I feel extremely scattered right now. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, it hasn't, it, that yesterday's match was just insane, to be honest with you. Um, 
So yeah, I'm a little scattered. I'm tired. We got back at about 1 a.m. last night. Um, didn't sleep much. COVID test this morning, and uh, yeah, trying to trying to let it soak in a little bit. Sounds like the perfect perfect post championship routine, Coach. The exact hangover recipe you're looking yeah. for. And with that in mind. And again, it should be said to our listeners, you know, we're, we're friendly, and Chris Hallior is here as well, you and him friendly as well, so I don't feel terrible asking this question, but it's a hot start, I apologize in advance. Let's go straight into the match. Yep. Wiedemann gets overruled 6-3. What, and again, I, we're texting back and forth, and I see you yell, that's a joke. Just top of your young, you yell, that's a joke. To go from that to 10 minutes later, celebrating with your guys in SEC Tournament Championship. Again, I would probably not have any clothes on for the next 72 hours. You'd find me in a ditch somewhere. I'd have lost my mind. You do seem relatively composed for that emotional roller coaster. Just, again, talk us through the highs and lows. I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot. And um, the, 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 the thing that comes to mind every time is Tennessee, Florida, you know, like this is, this is a rivalry. It's a real, it's a real rivalry, you know, and in, in football, basketball, whatever, but in college tennis, and, and I saw your tweet, Alex, um, you know, this is maybe one of the greatest rivalries in, in college tennis. It's a, it's a rivalry, you know, um, there's, there's no love lost. It's throw the balls out, line them up, compete and let's go. You know, if you win, great, you lose, you go down you know, move on. Um, and being in those matches, it's just, I, I can't really describe it. You know, no one goes away. Um, you go down a break, you get it back. You know, you're up a break, they get it back. It's just, it's, it is, like you said, it's an emotional roller coaster. Um, and to see Martin down there, you know, look to his left and literally see the whole team run on the court and then be told, well, wait a minute, it's coming down to you. They ha Luca's actually lost. Um, so kudos to the guys. I'm just, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm still in a little shock as to what's happened. Um, I haven't watched the, the SEC network or anything. I've seen many tweets and, um, you know, many comments online, but it's Tennessee, Florida. Let's go. Let's compete. Let's see what we got. Who, let's, you know, let's line them up and let's see who's better. Simple as Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And to your point, and look, as I've said on this podcast many of times, there's nothing I enjoy hearing quoted more than myself. So thank you for quoting me, coach. Um, but to that point about the rivalry, I got a little bit of, of grief from that yesterday. And I would just like to clarify because obviously USC, UCLA, that's the standard setter for college tennis history. That's not the point I'm trying to make. I am saying of the groups that have been in college tennis the past four years, the nucleuses that fans have gotten familiar with, these Tennessee and Florida squads, yeah, it is a rivalry. And you were on the court. You were the, uh, I don't know if you were assistant at that time, associate. Sometimes the titles get blurry. But you were there in 2019 when your two teams played yeah. probably the three most exciting matches of the season. And so, you know, again, just to add a little bit of context, it is a rivalry between your two teams. Obviously, the respect is there, but in order to get where you want to go these past three seasons, you two have had to go through each other, correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like you said, there is there is mutual respect there. You know, not much love loss, which is fine, sure. you know, but there's mutual respect that, um, you know, it's two very good teams that are 
that are trying to do huge things throughout the year, especially in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you look for your teams. You guys had played already this season. It was a 5-2 win for Florida. That uh, was one of just, I believe, what, three losses you guys have suffered this season. And so in that, on that occasion, you guys dropped the doubles point. Now, it was some new doubles teams for Florida, but you guys have stayed relatively similar throughout the season in your doubles lineup. And you look coming into the match, you guys were 21-5 and overall in doubles. Now, in two of your three losses, you drop the doubles point. So clearly, uh, I know how important that point is to your team. How important was it for you guys yesterday to get off to a 1-0 start? And what were you and Coach Woodruff telling the guys heading into doubles? I mean, we were down and out in that doubles point. We were we were getting demolished. We got waxed at three. Um, ben and Sam, way too good, outplayed us. And we're down a break on two. Um and it was like, I was just telling myself, right, we're, you know, we could be 1-0 down here. But one of the things that we talked about the night before was we did a really good job against South Carolina, just hanging around and hanging around and hanging around in these doubles points. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, when you get in these clutch moments, it's kind of a toss up. And I think one thing that's helping us is, which is quite absurd, really, is our doubles teams have really not changed since January. And that is you don't see that very often. Um, and that's something that is important because yes, okay, you could mix it up and put this guy with this guy, but at the end of the day in doubles, I think it's so important that there's a mutual trust between your partner and yourself. Um, and that's what we're seeing. So I think at the times, you know, we lose on three, we get it back on two, one doubles in my opinion are playing exceptional. Walton and Harper are playing some, some really good doubles, uh, which is fun to watch. So we hung around and, and got the doubles point and, and it, proved to be very important yeah look I mean you obviously the doubles point was huge for you but going back to just kind of the way things all ended and I know both you and and Tanner you know fairly well and I think I'm guessing you both tell me the same thing in that sure in the heat of the moment everybody gets caught up on a call here a call there right and you know it's college tennis. Those things are going to happen, right? So looking back, you got to say, hey, look, whatever happens, happens. There's going to be a bad call. There's going to be even maybe a hook or a bad overrule, whatever it is. But you still got to go out and win the match when it happens. And, and you guys got your back against the wall when it did happen. And Martine came through. And in the end, that's what it is, right? You just got to step up even when, you get the, when your back's against the wall and things happen that you know are going to happen. You don't ideally want those things to be a part of the match, but they're going to happen in college tennis, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I, I think the one thing that I have to say is, um, you know, whether it's Tennessee, Florida, or Baylor, Texas, or UCLA, USC, or something like that, right? What's, what's not a good look for the sport, right? And especially when it's been played on national television is when, officiating gets exposed right and i don't know i'm not in a position i'm not on a committee where i make decisions like that that's fine um but what's not good is when you look on twitter or something and whether it's this match or another match and this happens all the time now in my opinion these videos are going viral about a call right and you know, our job and your, your guys' job and what you guys are doing an unbelievable job of, by the way, is growing the sport. You know, you guys are getting out there and people are following your podcasts and, you know, you know, it's just fantastic what you guys are doing. You're growing it. 
But when videos go out, it's, it's exposing officiating. And if you said to me, what are we going to do about it? I would say, I don't know. I, I don't know. Right. Um, but I really believe that, you know, something, you know, maybe it goes back to the training from the ITA right at the start. Um, you know, making sure that, you know, we, we are, they are fully prepared for, for huge moments like yesterday. And, you know, it is what it is. It's not the player's job to say the ball was out, you know, or to, to make the final call. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. They call the ball out. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say? Um, it's not their job to make the ruling, just like it's not their job on the pro tour. It's not their job to, you know, decide on Hawkeye. So, you know, there are, there are things on my mind that, you know, I hope, I hope people listen to and realize that when, when this does happen in college tennis, it's not a good look for our sport. And that's what we got to fix, right? It's not about this guy or that guy. It's just about making sure that we're doing everything we can every day to grow the game, right? Yeah. To, to your point, and for the fan, I'm sure most people listening to this probably saw the match. I honestly, I will admit, I didn't even see the replay because I thought the match was over. So the 6-3 point, I thought the ball, you know, in real time, I thought the ball was good. And, and to your point, clearly, if you're on the receiving end of that, you're going to call the ball out because the match is over. So, so you know, so Blaze makes the call like it's out and, and the you know, it's the chair's job or the linesman's job or whoever to say that. And, and I, unfortunately I never even saw the replay. I, you know, I went back and looked uh, at, at afterwards. The only replay I ever saw was, I don't know if that was the three all or four all deuce serve from Bicknell that was clearly in slow-mo. I mean, they gave a great slow-mo inches wide uh, and should have been a second serve. He might've won the point anyway. We'll never know, but he got the game there. But yeah, to your point, Maybe it's, I don't know if it's testing, right? I mean, I, there, are, there are only written tests. The only test you have to, to take to be an official is a written test. And then you have to get an eye exam to show that your eyes are good. But nothing that says like, for me, my eyes test out with my glasses, fine. Would I want to be on, a, on the line calling 115 mile an hour serve? No, because I know my eyes aren't that good in real time. And maybe that's one step that we can take is somehow instituting real-time motion tests for these officials i don't know but yeah to your point it's unfortunate if the unfishy if the officiating gets in the way uh but it happens you know and that's the unfortunate part it happens every match it's not this was no special match other than the fact that it was a championship in that oh this is the first time it's happened no you go to a college match it happens every match multiple times there are calls and there are probably bad overrules who knows right uh it, it happens so yeah i'm i'm with you there something it'd be great to find a solution someday maybe we'll just get hawkeye for the college game uh, on every <laughs> court right i mean right. you know th that's money but that that's what we need yeah, yeah. no it's is is what it is you know it was it me as a coach i've been doing it you know nine ten years or whatever that's that's number one you know it's number one match that i was a part of um just crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, again, from a fan perspective, insanity. And to Chris's point, because I texted him after the Wiedemann match kept going, and he was like, what What do you mean? Like, what's happening? I was like, no, 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 no. they're still playing. Like, you got to go yeah, turn the I was already back done out. watching. I yeah. thought it was over. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I do. And, you know, again, for your team, I think what's so impressive is just 
you guys built yourself such a big lead throughout the match, and we talk all the time about match calculus, and look, I understand you're going to tell your team, stay in the moment. Everyone stay on your court. But going into the match, Florida's undefeated at the number four and six singles position, and I mentioned this in my preview podcast, that the match calculus against them is you win doubles, and you probably have to win the top three, or two of the top three at least, and of course by rankings, they've got three of the top 20 players in the country in Vale, Riffis, and Andrade, and so for your team, you know, we've already talked about how important that doubles point was, but, you know, for you guys to get sets from uh, from Luca at four to get the set from I think it was Pat yesterday at six and just to be competing up and down the board. How important was it for you to take those matches three sets? Yeah, huge. You know, um, one thing I always say is you like you lose the first set. You know, you you can come out in the second, you get an immediate break, and you go up three zero or four one. That's huge for the other guys on the team. They look down and they can see that it loosens them up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I can mainly speak for four and six because I was down there. Um, just unbelievable tennis on both courts. Um, you know, it's quite funny. It, you know, Josh is on six, Goodger, and uh, you know he's from the UK as well. And I, you guys know me. I'm just, I just love to compete. You know, that's who I am. Super calm all the time, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just who I am. It's my personal. You know, if I'm going to play golf, I just want to compete. I don't want to just go out there and play golf. Um, so, you know, I said he, there was a nice point, And, you know, at one point I said to Pat, crafty, like that's a crafty shot, you know, and it kind of got annoyed Josh a little bit. And it, it, at the end of the day, it was like, he was like, yeah, come on. I love it. Keep, keep it coming. And then, you know, Josh was the better player. He was the better player. He was very, very good down there on six, um, you know, and I was the first guy to shake his hand and say, too good, you know, just too good. Um, so yeah, the, the, just the tennis on four and six was, was great to watch. The thing on our perspective is, you know, half of our team haven't been in that situation where we're going for the title. You know, we're in a winning position to actually just get across the line and get it done. And, you know, one of my messages for the NCAA tournament is like, look, Harper, you were a breakup in the third. Luca, you were a breakup in the third. Prada, you were a breakup in the third. You know, Waltz was in a battle, whatever. But one of you guys is going to have to step up and just say, I, I'm going to do it, you know? And, and that's, that's something that's, you know, I, I take the pinch of salt from the match and I say, like, you know, this is what, this is what you guys got to think because that will cost us in the tournament. Um, and it's just leadership saying, give me the balls. I'm going to get this done. Um, but it's the SEC final and it's against Florida and – you know, it's just crazy, crazy match. <laughs> I actually loved the finish of that match on six because I was watching and as Goodyear won the match and I didn't have audio on at the moment, you know, trying to work and watch this match at the same time was crazy. I see you run to the net and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and I know you're, you know, you get really into the match, like you said, and I'm thinking, oh, something's about to go down here. And all you were doing was hurrying up to give Goodyear the fist match and get right over to court four where Luca was in a battle, right? Because you were split between them. But yeah, I saw you run up there and I thought, oh man, Makai's about to get into it with Goodyear. <laughs> no. But, I'm, uh, I'm, but yeah, I'm no, that very, was a, just a great finish. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very compete hard, you know, give everything you got. 
bring it. Let's see what happens. You go down, shake hands next, you know? Um, so, yeah. yeah. No, again, evidently, whatever you were saying to your players was working on the day. And someone we haven't spoken about yet who, you know, one could argue is what has helped your team join the elite of the elite this season in the college ranks is the addition of freshman Johannes Monday, who by any metric is either the best or one of, you know, him, Strom, von der Schulenberg. Those are the three freshmen this year who have made an impact at just a level different than any of the other freshmen. And for him to get two wins over a guy in Sam Riffis, who has been a top 10 player in college tennis since he walked into this sport uh, a couple of seasons ago, how big was his, you know, that straight set win just to put that quick point on the board for you guys, just kind of be like, all right, like, it's just another match. It's not the, you know, try and contextualize it, get yourself removed from the fact that it's a postseason championship. Yeah. Uh, I'll say Joe has been exceptional. Uh, you know, if you ask me, is he going to be this good as freshman year? I would have said no. Um, you know, the funny thing I think not many people know is Joe and myself, we went to the same high school in Scotland. He's from England. He's from Hull, um, but he went to the same high school so that's where the relationship started. Um, but the thing about him is, and this is honestly for, and this is, I think, why we're, we're quite successful and why I genuinely enjoy being on the court with these guys is, you know, we have good people that love tennis. That's, that's really, you know, I, I get a call from whoever, whatever, what's, you know, you guys are doing, what's, what are you guys doing? It's just good kids that love it. They just love to compete. They love to play tennis. You know, they, they genuinely are, are good people. Um, and Joe was one of those guys. He, he just, the great thing about Joe is he just doesn't care. You know, he doesn't care who he's playing, what this, what that, you know, I'll, I'll kind of, Hey, remember you go out there, the cameras, the mics on the back. He just, just doesn't care. You know, he just wants to play. Um, so he's made tremendous strides and I'm, I'm very excited for his future, not only for Tennessee, but you know, I, I know he has goals in professional tennis and, you know, being being from the UK, I'm I'm very excited for for his future there too. Mm-hmm. No, it just does feel like he gets better and better with every match he plays, and the big lefty that's always going to be a game that's appealing. And yeah, I mean, again, it's such a pleasure to watch your guys compete. And now you're the SEC tournament champions, and you head into the NCAA tournament with the sort of momentum every coach would want. What do the next two weeks look like for your guys? What do you do to keep them focused, but also to capitalize on the momentum that comes from winning your first postseason tournament since 2010? Yeah, I think it's we'll we'll be back to work on Tuesday. I think Monday will be, you know, get what you need, optional hit. You want to hit, go ahead. Um, but Tuesday we'll get we'll get right back into our our weekly routine, which we haven't left all year. Um, because it's a quick turnaround. We'll play Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday, the following weekend. Obviously, obviously the selection show on the May 3rd. Um, so it's it's a quick turnaround, and, and the guys need to realize that you practice and you train all year from August to April for one thing, and that's the NSA tournament. That's it. Um, and, and we can't forget that. It's, it, it's game on. Starting Tuesday, it's back to work. You know, great job, but it's over now. No one cares. It's on to the, it's on to the tournament. Mm-hmm. Well, I will tell you, I still care. 
So you guys have that. I promise. I will still be rooting for it. And I have to say, and again, while we can celebrate this match, let's celebrate it because, and I love him, and hopefully he listens to this podcast, although knowing him, there's not a chance in the world he will. But the joy, excitement on the face of Tennessee head coach Chris Woodruff after the match and just to see him take the Gatorade water dump to just see him jumping up and down it's not something you expect out of coach and so I mean we've talked about what it meant to the program but just to see that emotion on his face what did that mean to you and the rest of the guys yeah I mean you gotta look at Woody he's he's been part of Tennessee he's lived lived in Knoxville his whole life played for Tennessee won a national championship for Tennessee um worked for the program for I don't even know how many years. Um, and I, I actually saw a little clip of on someone sent it to me where he was like on the fence, leaning, leaning down. Um, and I think what you, what you have to remember is Tennessee had a, had a few tough years um, and, and he was part of that. You know, it was tough. Uh, they, they, they did not do well. Just get straight the facts. They, they did not do well. They, they, they didn't win a match for a while. And, you know, to see, to be the head coach now, and to see his team come from literally the bottom to the top in really only, I don't know, three and a half years is, is really quite exciting. He's a coach. He's just a coach. He, he just wants to be on the court all day. Um, and he wants to get, get players better. That's really it. And to see kids like Martin Prada, you know, go from playing five and losing a lot you know, for example, like 2019, missed state in the final. I remember, I remember that. He played against uh, Fauché that match, right? Yeah. Yep. Some yep. scrub by the name of Trevor Fauché. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just won the, uh, the conference championship with uh, – is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, to playing three, winning a lot, and being, you know, conference MVP is just – it's just – amazing to see as a coach it's personal satisfaction to see someone like that go from there to there and and just get better that's it just improve every day um and 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 really if you think about it that's that's why we do it any coach will tell you to see someone go from this level to that level and be successful and win and have that smile on and that joyful mentality on their face in that moment is just it's it's really special if I'm, if I'm brutally honest, it's special. So, yeah, Woody Woody doesn't give you much, but in that moment, he was going absolutely nuts, which was great. <laughs> so I, I have to ask, you know, this would be probably not a lot of our listeners will know. I've been a part of a, you know, what I would call a fairly awkward situation when Mississippi State beat A&M at Bama in the conference tournament. We both show up at Nukes for after-match lunch at the same time. Mm. The guys with the trophy... And the A&M guys are already sitting inside and they realize, oh man, we can't do this. And they have to turn around and walk back and go put the trophy away. But for our listeners that don't know, you guys show up to the airport and lo and behold, you're on the same flight with Florida. Yeah. At what point, so A, at what point did you know you were taking the same flight? Was it not until you showed up and B, was it slightly awkward? And C, do you send drinks to Coach Shelton and Stump in their seats and you're like, hey, this one's on me. Like, I apologize. No, no, definitely not. It was, uh, honestly, it went through my mind when we got on the same flight to Fayetteville on Monday. 
I said to myself, wait a minute, we're going to be on the same <laughs> if we both get I just knew it um, because there's only a few flights that are available every day. Um, yeah, it was, it was ugh, no one, just no one. It was what it was respectful. There was no stupidity or immaturity, none of that nonsense. It was just, you know, they checked in on one gate. We checked in on the other gate side by side. Um, but there was, we, we were kind of more towards the front of the plane. They were more towards the back. The only issue was Waltz was sitting beside, um, Andy, um, <laughs> Uh, but Andy was, he actually was talking to Martim on the plane, which was, you know, it was good to see that, you know, just, it's a, it's a college tennis match. Martim won, Andy lost and, you know, he took it well and, and he moves on. Simple as that. Simple as that. Back to work. And, but yeah, it was, I'll say if, if we had lost and in that moment, how we, how we would have lost. That would have been. I'm not. I actually don't think I would have got on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said no. I'm not getting on the plane. <laughs> yeah, knowing you, you'd walk home. You'd be like, it's just easier this way. Oh. Uh, no, that's great. And yeah, I feel like you guys could be like, hey, all right, anyone who's cramping back of the plane, we'll get two trainers to deal with you. Anyone who's not cramping front of the plane, that's how we're going to do it today. Or winners in the front because they're in a good mood, losers in the back of individual, however you want to do it. Anyways, uh, no, that's a fun situation. And again, uh, I know you've got a flight you have to catch, so we don't want to take up too much of your time. But I have to ask because, you know, you played your college tennis years. And for those of you who don't, uh, for those fans who don't know, you clinched Drake's first NCAA victory, I believe, in program history as a senior. So my question to you, that or this, which one would you relive if you had the opportunity? Because I saw the shirtless pick post-clinch, and thank God Prada didn't do that, by the way. You're like, hey, don't don't do as I do, do as I say. That is such a good question. (laughs) You've got me there. It's got to be the player. Come on. I mean... It's First close, ever though. win in the tournament? Because you guys beat TCU. You still have that over Rodidi, so that feels good. But at the same time, ooh. I think I'm a, I'm always – I got a text yesterday from Chase Hodges saying, <laughs> congratulations, Gene, you know, whatever. Um, and, you know, what I responded to him was, thank you, thanks, Chase. You know, he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you because – he was the one, I still have the email, that took a chance on an overweight Scottish kid who was a little bit of a punk in, in high school, you know. Um, and he took a chance and said, you know, come to Drake. I, I was never actually coached by Chase. Um, so anyway, what I'm saying is I think you always have to go back to your roots and where you come from. Um, and, you know, I have to go back to – I would take the moment – to 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 clinch there I, I never forget that moment um you know it's funny i was talking to rodidi not long ago about that and he said oh man you're that inside in forehand i still remember that inside in forehand it was killing my guy he had a he had a broken wrist how did you know i said, i didn't know he had a broken wrist um, but you know even he remembers that so yeah I, I would have to take that moment as a player you know i wouldn't you know you have to think i wouldn't be coaching if it wasn't for that moment you know so no, absolutely. Do you remember who you played and what the score was? I have it in front of me. I always like to ask coaches this question. His name was Orlando Superlano. 
correct. And I think it was six four seven five, maybe. You gave yourself one game off. Six three seven five. That's pretty good. That's pretty impressive. I remember. I remember. Yep. Yeah, that inside in forehand. No, but I mean, hey, that Drake team twenty five and three, not too shabby. Pretty similar record, I believe. Actually, isn't that the exact record your Tennessee squad has yeah. now? And you look, yeah. uh, you know, again for your team heading to, into NCAA tournament. Do you worry about things like host regions, who the 16 are going to be, what the rankings sort out? Certainly, I imagine from an NCAA individual standpoint, you're hoping, I mean, Walton and Harper are going to be in the doubles draw, but you can get Walton <laughs> in, you can get Monday in, maybe even one more. You know, Do you think about those things, or is it just purely focused on, let's play the match? Yeah, there has been like a lot of you know chat, as you would say, about the rankings and the, uh, you know, what's going to happen. The, the, how the individual rankings are, are not accurate and you know the 16 teams that got the email and then four more that that got the email or whatever you know i think what what we have to remember is that this is a tough year this is this in fact if i was to look back and whenever and say you know we've played 28 dual matches i would say no chance i remember being told in november that we weren't even we were, there was a very good chance we weren't going to play again you know and Yes, Tennessee are in a good spot. We're in a good position. Florida are in a good spot, a good position. Other SEC schools are in a good spot, good position. Um, but we're playing, you know. I'm not going to get into the politics about it, but we're playing. So all I can do is really speak on for, for our behalf as a, as a conference and other schools that have played. Um, you know, I, our kids have worked so hard. Every, every day since August, they've worked so hard and they've been allowed to play. Um, those decisions are out of, you know, our pay grade. We don't make those decisions, but we were allowed to play. And, you know, my opinion is that the kids that have played, our kids, SEC kids and other players that have played, Big 12, you know, they deserve to be rewarded because they've played. So, um, you know, other, other teams and other schools haven't been able to do that. And that's very unfortunate because there's very good players that should be in the NCAA singles draw, you know, that aren't ranked highly because of the, the ranking system. Um, and I hope the ITA find ways to, to help those kids, whether it's increasing the draw size or whatever. That is a, that is a conversation that could take maybe five hours. So let's, <laughs> let's yeah. not get too into it. But, um, you know, they've worked hard. They've played every day. They've competed, they've competed hard. And I just, I'm going to, I'm going to fight for, the kids that have played. So, mm-hmm. are, are you sure? I feel like our listeners want to hear 15 minutes James McKay on mask mandates. Like, I think they want to know. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, All right. Well, well yeah. that's some good of the, the on the serious side. Let's let's go on a, a finish for me at least on the on the personal lighter side. For for those that don't know, Coach McKay was not even at kickoff weekend, right? Because the wife was. Uh, imminently do and you've since had a young baby girl stella so congratulations thank you thank you give me a west off give me an applause there there'll be a sound effect in the pause yeah Yeah. childbirth always a big thing (laughs) so clearly stella gets the attention but what i want to know is when you get home from fayetteville more attention to james or frankie the dog (laughs) (laughs) uh well i'll say that you know i'm I'm getting on a flight here soon to go to <laughs> Iowa to go get them. They're all up at uh, her parents' house up in Iowa, ah. Quad City. So 
I'm getting on a flight and uh, it will, it'll feel good. You know, it'll feel good. I'm getting videos and pictures of Stella and, oh, it's, it's tough. You know, any coach that has kids and they're away for a certain amount of time, it's, I'm, I'm discovering it now. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Um, so yeah, I'm getting on a plane, arriving at six o'clock, can't wait, you know, I'll be back on Tuesday, but until then, the phone the phone may uh, go off for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just a warning. I heard uh, Coach Stumps also on that flight, so just be careful. That's just that's the word I'm hearing. But my last question to you before we let you go, because again, you have to hit the flight. I always say, and this is how I try to remember it, is, oh yeah, you're talking about my guy, James Mackay. That's how I remember how to say your last name. He's my go. guy, James yeah. Mackay. How frustrating does it get? To, is it most frequently McKee that you heard or McKee? Yeah. I'm sure you get some weird ones, but it is Coach Mackay. Yeah, yeah, Mackay is the name. It's because there's a big K. If it was a small K, it would be Key. Um, gotcha. Because it's a big K, you say Kai. But yeah, I always get McKee. I'm, I'm okay. I just say, yeah, that's me. But if, <laughs> if, uh, the, the worst one I got was in the lobby of a hotel, don't remember which team where, but they said they were handing out the key cards and the lady said, is Mickey James here? And I said, <laughs> no, that's not me. That is not me. I will not accept that name. That is someone else <laughs> in the lobby. That is not me. <laughs> That's great. No, again, it's not me, McKee. It's my guy, Mackay. That's the way to remember it. Yeah, and again, love it. Love Coach, it. we are so grateful for you putting up with both Chris and my nonsense all season long. We are in awe of what you, Coach Woodruff, and the guys down in Tennessee have accomplished this season. So sincerely, congratulations on the conference title. Uh, good luck and good health to you all as you prepare for the home stretch of the season. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the support, and thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Take care. And I don't know. Is it Go Vols? It's just Go Vols, right? Yeah, just just Go Vols. That's it. (laughs) I love it. it. Yeah, well, awesome, Coach. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Hope all of you enjoyed our conversation with Tennessee Associate Head Coach James McKay. A huge thank you to Coach for his candidness. You can just feel his excitement throughout the course of the conversation, and it speaks to what a moment it was for this Tennessee team to be able to capture this regular season title. The work that Coach McKay, obviously Head Coach Chris Woodruff, have done in bringing this Tennessee program into the top Five, top 10 conversation of programs with uh, throughout the country. And again, we look forward to watching Tennessee compete down the home stretch of this 2021 season. A huge thank you to Coach McKay. We wish him and his team luck, health, of course, success throughout the rest of this season. But of course, with that in mind, it really is postseason time now in this 2021 college tennis season. If you guys have missed anything that's happened throughout the college tennis world, need to catch up on all of the action. Chris Hallioris, Matt Stokowiak, and I I recap all the play each week. I believe that's going to be a Wednesday podcast this week once again on our Great Shot podcast feed. Of course, if anything notable happens day in, day out, we will be doing emergency podcasts probably pretty frequently here down the home stretch. Again, all of that college tennis content can be found on our Great Shot podcast feed. 
or of course can be found on our website, crackedrackets.com, where you will find all of our podcasts, this podcast, the Great Shot podcast, Mini Break podcast, Inside Out Season 1, and of course, as always, we will ask you like to like, rate, subscribe, review, and share all of those podcasts with your friends. If you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, they are all at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to the super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Midwest Sports. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. But with that in mind, for my wonderful co-host, Chris Halliores, our fantastic guest, Tennessee Associate Head Coach James McKay, our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.